0: Hare Krishna! Welcome to this AMA, Ask Me Anything, Episode 3. And today we will be taking your questions and let's see if we can help you with the answers from Srila Prabhupada's books. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Chakshurun melitam yenatas my Sri Gurave namaha Sri Chaitanyamano bhishtam sthapitam yenabhutale Swayam rupa hakadamahyam dadati sva Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Yutapadakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam sagrajatam सहगण रघुनाथानमितं तं सजीवं साद्वैतम सावधूतं परिजन हे कृष्ण करुणासिन्धो दीनबन्धो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिका Taptakanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhya Cha Kripa Sindhubhya Patitanam Pavane Bho Vaishnava Bho Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Presthaya Bhutale Shrimate Bhakti Vedanta Tinamine Namaste Sarasvati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarine Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Sri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So welcome to this episode 3 of AMA, Mondays, Ask Me Anything Mondays. So, in in these episodes we will try to um, answer the questions that devotees have and um, let's begin right away. So the first question by Just a second. So, by Ranjan Vellakat. According to... Okay, let me actually put the question on the screen. Hare Krishna! Hare Krishna! So the question is, let's see if I can put it on the screen now. Question. According to Srimad Bhagavatam 6.2.14, No matter how much of an envious, offender or complete nonsense sinner a person may be, he or she will not go to hell as long as they uttered Krishna somehow. So let's go to the 6.2.14. This is the verse 6 to 14, Srimad Bhagavatam. One who chants the holy name of the Lord is immediately freed from the reactions of unlimited sins, even if he chants indirectly to indicate something else, jokingly, for musical entertainment or even neglectfully. This is accepted by all the learned scholars of the scriptures. So the question is, according to this verse, no, ma- no matter how much one is an offender um, and complete nonsense sinner, he or she will not go to hell as long as they uttered Krishna somehow. <clears throat> there are offences to be avoided though. See, if one chants offenselessly, yes, one gets the full benefit of chanting the Hare Krishna Mantra. But if we chant offensively, then it is said in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adilila Chapter Eight, Verse Sixteen, "Bahu Janma Kare Jadi Shravana Kirtan, Krishna Pade Dhan." If one is infested with the ten offences in the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, despite his endeavor to chant the holy name for many births. He will not get the love of Godhead, that is the ultimate goal of this chanting. You see, many births, still one cannot get love of Godhead. And um, in fact, one of the offenses, especially, is that the seventh offense, namnad baladhi namno baladhi papabuddhi. That means to commit sins on the strength of chanting Hare Krishna. So we cannot, yes. The chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra um, is capable of nullifying, neutralizing all the sins that we have ever committed, even one name of Krishna. That is also explained in the 627 purport. If you see here, Namno hi yavati shakti him, papa nirharane hare Tavat kartum patakam pataki naraha. Simply by chanting one holy name of Hari, a sinful man can counteract the reactions to more sins than he is able to commit. Brihad Vishnu Puran. But at the same time, we cannot, we will take out that verse, we cannot um, commit sins and say that, okay, you know what? I will commit sins and I will keep on chanting Hare Krishna. And in this way, I will plus minus, plus minus, plus minus. What is wrong with that? You see, seventh offence. Namno baladhyasahi paapa buddhir, yamair hi shuddhi. This is from all Padma Purana, no? Quoted in the Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila, chapter 8, text 24. In the purport, to think that since the Hare Krishna mantra can counteract all sinful reactions, one may therefore go on with his sinful activities and at the same time chant the Hare Krishna mantra to neutralize them is the greatest offense at the lotus feet of Hari Nam. So therefore, we should not be under that impression that even after taking uh, Hare Krishna, then we still, you know, commit sinful activities. So if we do that, then we'll be taught a proper lesson. Like, you know. Bharat Maharaj, he became a deer. So he went down from human life to animal life. Of course, next life he became a Brahmana's son. But there will be a um, temporary uh, halt in the progress. And that temporary means it can mean a few lifetimes also. One lifetime, two lifetime, or a few years, you know, or a few days, depending on how much we regret and repent and come back. The whole the whole reason why we would go away from devotional service is because um, we commit offences, and those offences we need to learn that the, they are actually offences, and we have to avoid them. Right? So Krishna will put through, put us through situations which will make us understand. So here it how it, here is how it happens. See. He said in the one 5 19 to Kathanchana Vrajan Mukunda Savian Mukunda Savian Yavadanga Smaran Mukundang Kriupa Guhanam No, Smaran Mukundang Kripa Upaguhanam Punar Vihatu Mechenarasagraho Janaha 1519 Narad Muni is saying this, My dear Vyasa, even though a devotee of Lord Krishna sometimes falls down somehow or other, he certainly does not undergo material existence like others, fruity workers, etc because a person who has once relished the taste of the lotus feet of the Lord can do nothing but remember that ecstasy again and again. So when a person, out of his offences, you know, he leaves, he starts to repent because, oh, I have left the association of devotees where, you know, there was complete protection and I am now engaged in activities which are completely out of devotional service. And then he, you know, you see, who ha- a person who has once relished the taste of the Lotus Feet of the Lord can do nothing but remember that ecstasy again and again. And he repents. He, he feels bad that he has lost it. You know, suppose, um, suppose you, you get a lottery, you get a, you get a you know, big prize, money. And then you lose it after that. You know, first you get it and then you are successful and then you, know, you are celebrating and after that, you lose it. Then how bad you will feel so this is actually the greatest greatest treasure krishna consciousness but after having come here and after having experienced it and after leaving then one will that taste will remain and it will cause repentance in the heart and then when we repent that is when the lord will again manifest his mercy and that is explained in this verse he is perceived in the in the repentant heart atapyamana vashitam namami 3.31.13 this is the prayers this is part of the prayers of the um child within the womb of the mother yastvatrabbaddhaiva karma bhutendriyas bhuteendriyas bhuteendriyashayamayam avalambyamayam aste visuddham avikaram akhanda bodham matapyamana hrudaye namami I, the pure soul, appearing now bound by my activities, am lying in the womb of my mother by the arrangement of Maya. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him who is also here with me, but who is unaffected and changeless. He is talking about the Paramatma. He is unlimited, but he is perceived in the repentant heart. To him, I offer my respectful obeisances. So basically, uh, when a person commits sins, then he will... He is temporarily taken away from the devotional service just like bharat maharaj he became too attached to the deer and you know he was fully absorbed in the deer and then what happened he became the bo- he, he took the body of a deer in the next life and he he was made to remember all his offense that he did and then he repented the whole life of the deer he repented why why did i do this and then Next life, he took birth as a brahmana, brahmana son, and this time he remembered both last life and the previous life. He remembered both last life and the previous life also. Hmm? So, you see how Krishna arranged that <laughs> to so that he repents even double repentance. You know, not only one life, but second life also he remembered. So, that repentance, that heavy repentance caused him to completely lose all attraction for sense gratification, sense gratificatory pursuits. See? So, this is how uh, the Lord uh, helps the devotee who has actually committed offenses. See? So, it is not that um, we will not be helped. But the thing is that we should be careful that we should not take advantage of the Lord. And if you are not sincere then Krishna knows how to make us sincere. If that means um, suffering in 10 lives, yes, he will do it. For him, there is, see, for him, there is no problem. He will put us through any number of lives. He has been waiting for millions and trillions of lives. You know, we have been here. He is waiting. And he can wait another trillions of lives. For him, nothing changes. For us, oh, that is, <laughs> we, are, we will go through hell. So therefore, It is in our own interest that we take it seriously now and uh, fully, you know, become pure by chanting Hare Krishna and very carefully avoiding the offences. That's why we chant every morning uh, that we are, you know, that 10 offences. Every day we are are chanting. Why? So that we remind ourselves and always keep in mind while chanting that I should not commit these offences. Alright, so that is the answer for that. Next question Ranjan Vallakar again. Why is Lord Buddha counted among the Shatyavesh avatars, even though he is also referred to as the Supreme Personality of Godhead? By that logic, actually, I will put the question here because all of you can see. Okay, here we go. So the question is, Why is Lord Buddha counted among the Shaktiaveshavataras, even though he is also referred to as the Supreme Personality of Godhead? By that logic, would not all the Shaktiaveshavataras be referred to as the Supreme Personalities of Godhead? Good question. So, it depends on the amount, the, the degree of empowerment. If he is uh, empowered to the extent that he can act almost as powerfully as the Lord, then um, he is uh, he is also sometimes addressed as Supreme Personality of Godhead. In fact, even Lord Kapila was like was like that. Shaktyavesh Avatar, Lord Kapila. Although he himself spoke as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Even Rishabhadev, although he also said, I am the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he himself referred to himself as that. But then again, he is also a and Parshuram is a shaktya Buddha is a shaktya and uh, yeah these four are shaktya so sometimes they act almost as powerfully as the Lord and sometimes they are empowered in different ways like Narada is also a shaktya but he is never referred to as the supreme personality of Godhead so it depends on the uh, empowerment, so sometimes he acts as good as the Lord. Even Prithu Maharaj is, is a, um, a shaktavish avatar of the Lord, partial incarnation. So not all the times are the Shaktyavish avatars um, referred to as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but sometimes they are. So it depends on the, Like Prabhupada this is a Shaktyavish avatar, Bhaktasiddhansara Svithakur, avatar, because Krishna Shakti Vina tar Pravartana Without the empowerment of Krishna, one cannot preach Krishna consciousness. And Shakti um, Aveshavatar means Shakti Avesha, when he, when Krishna empowers. Uh, Shakti means power. Shakti Avesha means when he reposes that power on someone. That means when he empowers someone to act very extraordinarily. So to preach the message of Krishna consciousness all over the world. Uh, that is a very extraordinary activity. So that is a special empowerment. Krishna Shakti Vina Pravartan. Without the empowerment empowerment of Krishna, one cannot spread the Krishna Consciousness movement at all. So that is a Shaktava See? So it is understood in this way. Now, so that is that. Actually, in the CC, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita the Satyavish avatars are mentioned. I mean, I don't know if I can take it out. See, Ishvari Ravatar 18 Prakar, Amshavatar or Gunavatar, Shaktyaveshavatar, Trithya Emata, Amshavatar, Purusha Matsya Dikayata. There are three categories of incarnations of Godhead partial incarnations, qualitative incarnations, and empowered incarnations. The Purushas and Matsya are examples of partial incarnations. Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva are qualitative incarnations. Empowered incarnations are like though are those like the Kumaras, King Prithu and Mahamuni Vyasa, the compiler of the Vedas. So, vyasadeva is also Shaktyavesh um, avatar. So, he is a Jeeva empowered to be the to act as good as the supreme personality of Godhead in the matter of writing Vedic literature. So, in that way many, many examples are there actually. So, it's like that, empowered incarnations. But vyasadeva although he is Krishna's avatar, he, he acted as a uh, a devotee mm-hmm. next question again by ranjan vallakat vallakat the question is why did Prabhupada say if a Christian actually surrenders to the instructions of Jesus Christ he may go to the heavenly planets? But according to CC C.C.Adi 17.165-169, the current scriptures are faulty so they could not possibly follow the pure instructions of Jesus Christ. And then there is no ritual of fasting for Ekadasi, let alone Rajasuya and the Yajnas in Christian texts. Well, <clears throat> To go back to Krishna, to go back to Godhead, as Krishna himself said in the 4th chapter ninth verse, Janma karma chame divyam evam yovetti tatvataha one, one has to know Krishna in full. One second. See, going back to Krishna is not a very cheap thing, you know. One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not upon leaving the body take his birth again in this material world but attains my eternal abode, O Arjuna. So one must know the the birth of Krishna, the activities of Krishna. Where is this information other than in Vedic literature? So unless we know this, we cannot attain to the eternal abode of Krishna. They will go to heaven, yes, because see, mainly the rules that are there in Christianity, uh, the Ten Commandments are there, All moral principles. These are, you know, these will get us to the basic human standard. You know. After that, then the spiritual life actually starts. Uh, Chanting of the Holy Name, that that is also mentioned in the uh, Bible. So that is good. That is good. Then there is information also. Man is made in the image of God. That means the human form is is a replica of God's form. So in this way, there is information. But evam Yoveti tatvataha, in reality, in depth, in depth, that knowledge is found in our Vedic scriptures. Uh, how exactly His form is, and how He takes birth in this world, and how He performs His pastimes. We have to know this in detail. Uh, then, yes, we can go back to Krishna. So, whatever it may be, all these religions are set in this world, um, because there was a need for uplifting the people into God consciousness. So Krishna sent sent his messengers in different parts of the world. According to the capacity to understand of the people there, the messengers conveyed the message of God. So Jesus Christ himself, we accept him as a pure Vaishnava. Um, otherwise, it, w- it wouldn't have been possible for him to spread the message of God. And also... When he was being crucified, he was so tolerant that he asked the Lord to um, forgive them. So that these are qualities of an exalted Vaishnava. So we accept that. The thing is, he was preaching to a class of people who wouldn't understand the exalted truths of the Absolute Truth. Supreme Personality of Godhead. So he told them as much as they could understand at that point of time. So, but if we want um, in-depth knowledge of Krishna, yes, in our Vedic literature that is available. So, by following the Ten Commandments, one comes to the mode of goodness. So, urdhvam gacchanti Satvastha that is explained in the 14th chapter. Once one comes to Sattva-gun, then he will go to Urdhvam. You see, sattva Gachanti dheti shthanti Rajasaha, jaganya gunavritti stha adho gacchanti tama Those situated in the mode of goodness gradually go upward to the higher planets. Those in the mode of passion live on the earthly planets and those in the abominable mode of ignorance go down to the hellish worlds. So, when they come into the mode of goodness, yes, they will go to the higher planets. But the thing is, they have to follow strictly. If they don't follow the rules, no. And one of the rules is, thou shall not kill. So actually, by right, they're not supposed to eat meat. So that is our contention. Nobody, in any religion also, it doesn't allow. Uh, Even if it allows, it allows under restricted conditions. Uh, It's not like wholesale slaughterhouses. No, nowhere. Just like in our um religion also in, in our sanatan dharma there is provision for animal killing in very very restricted manner so that is for those who cannot give up animal animal i mean meat eating so even if it is anchor, it's not it's never encouraged even if it is allowed it is allowed under restricted conditions so according to the commandment it is very clear anybody who understands english will understand it thou shall not kill that's it So they first of all should stop eating meat. Yes, then there is any chance. So just by saying I am a Hindu, I am a Muslim, I am a Christian, I am this and that, but I don't follow anything. It's no use. Uh, That's why it is said, and even in the Bible it is said, not all those who call Lord, Lord, Lord will be saved. Why? Because they are calling Lord, 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 but at the backyard doing all kind of all kind of nonsense, not following His instructions. Uh, So that kind of people won't be saved. One has to be sincere. Like, you know, not that I repent huh? and then I come back uh, on a Sunday I repent and then Monday I come back and do the same things again. And again Sunday go and repent and Monday come back the whole week do the same thing again. No, no point in such repent. That is not sincere repentance. Repentance means I, quit. I will not do, I understood my mistake. But if I did not understand that is a mistake and then say I just repent for what? So, if we strictly follow, yes. If they strictly follow, they will go to heavenly planets. And then, of course, they will get further chance to go back to Godhead. But if you don't follow, in, no process will work. Even Krishna consciousness will not work. The Process will work. <laughs> but if I don't take to the process, I will not get the result. Next question. Oh, okay. According to the rule, uh, I will have to go to the next person's question. Because three questions of each person, and then if we have time, then we will come back to um, more questions by the same person. Right? Next um, question by Bhaktar Nabajit. Let's put up the question. The question is, Hare Krishna Prabhuji, Dandavad Pranam, while doing chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra, can we play Krishna bhajans in the background? Some meditate on chanting by sitting in front of tulsi plants, some in front of deities of Lord Krishna and His incarnations, and while others take photos in front of them. In order to keep a check on the diversion of mind, is it right to concentrate our eyes our ears and eyes and senses in some way or other in Supreme Personality of Godhead, either through prayers, bhajans, pictures, etc. No. Actually, the process of chanting is, you can put Prabhupada's chanting Japa, uh, but the process of chanting is to hear what I am saying. And that is the whole process of chanting. The meditation is to just hear what I am saying, constantly listening to what I am saying. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare, Hare, like that. I have to hear what I am saying. That is the whole meditation process. You don't need another bhajan. You are hearing what? We are chanting to hear what we are chanting, you know, not something else. So, you can you can chant in front of the Tulusi, um you know, tulsi plant. You can chant in front of the deities. You can chant otherwise also, but uh, there is a very nice verse um, there is no, there is no hard and fast rules that you cannot chant um, here and cannot chant there or something like that. You can chant anywhere. The whole point is this: we have to hear what we are chanting. That is the whole meditation. So the mind will go here and there, so many ways, but we have to bring it back to the chanting. Chapter six, text twenty-six. Yato yato nischalati. Oh, I haven't brought it on. Got on the screen now. 626. Yato yato Chalati manas chanchalamas theorem tatas tato ni yamyaitad atman nayet. From wherever the mind wanders due to its flickering and unsteady nature, one must certainly withdraw it and bring it back under the control of the self. You see? So, this is what we will do. The mind will go in a different million directions. But we always have to bring it back, bring it back, bring it back to hearing the holy name. So that 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 is the whole point of me- meditation by chanting. <coughs> In fact, don't put other kirtans because you will be thinking of those kirtans rather than focusing on the chanting that you are doing. Yeah. Once you know what happened, one story. <laughs> Shri Shil- Prabhupada's disciple. So, he was, he was chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna and he was looking at the Krishna's picture with uh, the gopis, you know, he was some some picture was there, Radha Krishna, you know? yeah, I think it was Radha Krishna, I think the divine couple, you know, that, that picture. And he was looking at the picture and chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Then he said to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I feel uh, very upset. Why? No, I am chanting Hare Krishna and I am looking at this picture of Radha and Krishna. And, you know, both of them are very happy. Why both of them must be happy and I must be suffering in this material world? I am very upset about this. <laughs> so, Prabhupada said, don't, then don't look at the picture, you chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> By looking at Krishna, he was becoming envious of Krishna. What kind of chanting is that? <laughs> so, that kind of chanting will not help. But of course, if you, if you don't have that feeling, yeah, we can you know, always sit in front of Krishna's picture and Krishna or Krishna's deity and or Tulsi plant. It's very auspicious. Haridas Thakur used to chant in front of the Tulsi plant. But you can see, um, Prabhupada's life—he chanted everywhere. He took always the beat bag with him and always was chanting everywhere. So basically, everywhere we must chant. And um, you know, if you can sit down in one place and chant, if you have time, yeah, good. You no, know, then, you can chant with focus, sit down. Especially in the morning hours, you will have no distractions. You know, that will be very helpful because otherwise, you know, the rounds will drag very long. You know, when we when we don't complete in the morning, you know, when we have to do this and that, and then and we are trying to somehow fit in the round somewhere in the schedule, then it become you know, the concentration is not up to the mark. So in the morning is the best time. So one must try to finish as many rounds in the morning as possible out of the stipulated 16 rounds. Of course, if you have time, you can always chant more extra rounds and extra rounds throughout the day if you have time. But you know, um, the the whole goal standard is even whatever wherever we are, not in front of the you know, um, you know deities, anywhere we are. When we are chanting Hare Krishna, immediately the mind must focus on the vibration wherever we are. So that should that should be the actual case. So in the beginning, of course, we are distracted even while sitting in the temple also. So. Whole process is, it will take time, it will take time, but we have to constantly endeavor to always bring the mind back to the vibration of the holy name and pray earnestly. Krishna, please engage me in your service. My flickering mind is going everywhere. Please engage me in your service. That's the whole point of chanting. The secret to chanting all the time is. To be humble as the blade of grass, to be tolerant as the tree, and then yes, then we can chant Hare Krishna all the time, Kirtaniya Sada That means if you are unable to chant for some reason, uh, it's because uh, we are we are not tolerant enough, we are not humble enough. And um, in fact, Bhaktivinoda Thakur said you know, that the chanting beads are like the thermometer of your spiritual life. You now, when you put a thermometer, you can check the health of the person, you know whether he is in normal condition. And especially now, uh, I'm I'm keeping i I'm, I'm kicking this camera stand. Okay, so n- especially now in the COVID situation, everywhere there is there are thermometers. So a thermometer is a, you know gives you an idea of whether the person is sick or not. So the bead bag is like the thermometer of one spiritual life. So when we touch the beads, how is our mind? You know whether it's going here and there and here and there and not focusing on the japa. Uh, that means we know we are spiritually very you know far displaced from the actual standards. So um, that that's how we should check uh, it's like a thermometer Bhaktivuna Thakur said. <coughs> so next question again by Bhaktivuna question is Mm -hmm. whether non-devotee vaishnav following regulative principles if he or she is living a sinful life but at the last whether a non-devotee or vaishnav means who's following regulative principles okay if he or she is living a sinful life but at the last stage of his or her journey of life indirectly or directly apprehends finally or comprehends finally the real message of the supreme personality of Godhead will he or she be going back to Godhead or else getting another life to complete the remaining bhakti level see one thing is for sure we won't be admitted into the kingdom of God unless we are sent percent pure we will not be admitted so the whole point is to come to that standard so if you can't make it that standard, then, whatever advancement we have made will not go in vain. We will start. We will continue from where we left off. So that's the point. Just like you see, uh, Ajamil, for example, Ajamil chanted Narayana. What happened? His sinful activities all nullified, and then he was given a second chance. Then he, this time, he became very serious and went back to Godhead. So, sometimes it can happen in this life or next life, he will get a second chance. You know, he will get, you know, he will um, take birth in a good family and come in contact with a bona fide spiritual master and, you know, um, make his life successful. If he makes his life successful again, if he makes again another mistake, suppose in the first life he, he progressed like 10%, and the next life he starts from 11 and then maybe progresses until 39%. The next life he starts from 40th percent and then goes all the way. So until he reaches 100 percent, and in the process sometimes he may commit offense, and you may, you know, temporarily the progress may be halted. So in this way, until one is one 100 percent pure, uh, he will not be admi- admitted into the spiritual world. Uh, next question by Ranjan Velugat. Okay. We will answer Ranjan's questions later because uh, the stipulated limit of 3 has been finished. So we will get back to his questions later if as on if we have time. Next question by Radha Govinda Das. Radha Govinda Prabhu. Should a born Brahman call Vaishnav without taking initiation? diksha? Okay, I think, should I, wait a second, I will just put it on the screen. This is the question. Should a born Brahman call Vaishnav without taking initiation, Diksha? How come? No. No way. Vaishnav means a person who is a devotee, and devotee means first of all he has to have a spiritual master. Adhav Gurvashrayam Sadharma Pricha. So the first uh, thing that a human being should do is get uh, take shelter of a bona fide spiritual master Aado Gurvashrayam Saddharma pricha, ask questions about real spiritual life and then when one is actually enlightened and then when he starts to follow uh, yes then he is you know, he takes initiation and that's when he is called a Vaishnava he may be a Kanishtha Vaishnava and then he will slowly go to Madhyama and Uttama but then by birth, it is never like that, you know. Of course, one may have the Vaishnava qualities, you know, if he is coming from last birth. Like, even devotees' children. I mean, there are Vaishnavas, I mean, there, But, once they start, take initiation, that's when the serious commitment starts. Of course, one is still Vaishnava, not by birth. The birth is not the real question. The thing is, whether they are following or not. Suppose a person is following, you know, some, you know, is chanting Hare Krishna, hasn't been initiated yet, uh, but still he is considered a Vaishnava. He is, you know, preparing himself for initiation. That is also Vaishnava. So, a person who is somehow or other chanting Hare Krishna, he is a Vaishnava, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that. Just that, the degree of Vaishnava. But one must eventually take initiation. But it is all not by birth. It is by his actions and guna. He can be anywhere. He can be born in the worst family or whatever. But if he is chanting Hare Krishna somehow, he is a Vaishnava. I mean, there are so many references about this, but I think um, this is quite an understandable... um, uh, What is that answer? Because this is actually everywhere. I mean, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, if once one chants Hare Krishna, Krishna's name, he is to be considered a Vaishnava. (coughs) But then one must actually st- come to the standard of Vaishnava lifestyle as well. He hmm? should not be a farce. Like um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, what is that? Mathai Tilak Galai Mala. What is that? Nakai Tilak Galai Mala ek <coughs> Kalirchela what is that uh, forgot nice song you know so he actually is showing actually maybe i'll let's see if we can find it. It's taking so long. Yes, so finally. So you see this song by Bhaktivinodhakur Thakur. Eo to ek kalir chela, eo to ek kalir chela. Matha neda kapni para tilak galai mala. Dekte vaisna mata asalo Shakta Kajarubela bela. Sahaj bhajan korchenamamu sanghe loe Sakibhave Bhajanatare Sakhi bhave tare. Nije hoye nand lala, krishna daser kathar chale, Mahajaneke ja Navarasika dikche apane mani, abar mana kola, baul bole do, dohai obhai, dur koro Eli lila So, in this song, Bhaktivina Thakur is exposing, what is that, a fake Vaishnava <laughs> who has all the signs and symptoms of Vaishnava, external symbols but his his um, his heart is uh, just a shakta. You see, Dekhte Vaishnaver mata, Aashala shakta ka he He's actually a sense gratifier but he just um, puts on the dress of a Vaishnava and the signs of a Vaishnava. So, that kind of Vaishnava is of no use. We're talking about actual sincere person. All right, so next question by Bhakta Venkatesh. This is the question. We say that the source of good qualities and also bad qualities are Krishna, Krishnas, right? Kindly explain again how or share any reference. Well, the first verse of the Bhagavatam actually states this. Shrimad Bhagavatam, one, one, one. I'm sorry about that. So you see Janmada Yataha. This is actually from the Vedanta Sutra, but uh, also the first verse of the Shrimad Bhagavatam, which is the natural commentary of Vedanta Sutra. So Janmada Yasa yataha means the absolute truth is the source of everything. And this also is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita ten dot eight. Aham sarvasya prabhavo I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. See? Huh? Everything emanates from me. Everything means everything. The wise who know perfectly know this engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. So, an example is anger, for example. Anger we, have, we see in Narasimhadev, uh, so that is anger and we see so-called lust in Krishna, it apparently looks like lust, but it is not, so and he, he stole, Krishna stole, a, the stealing is not good, it is a bad quality, but when he does it, that is, you know, worshipable. And also, for example, even to the point of stool, like Rishabdev, you know, he His stool was so fragrant that 80 80 miles around his place, the whole place was fragrant, not like, you know, ordinary stool, it stinks. So, in him, everything is perfect. Everything about Krishna is perfect. Um, So, in that way, you can see all these, um, in fact, when he, in the Nectar of Devotion, the four different personalities that are there in Krishna, that means the personality traits, not personalities. The four different personality traits, very, very, uh, you know, different extreme personality traits that are found in Krishna. There is Dhirodhata, Dhirodhatta, dhiralalita, and, and Prashanta. So these are all different characteristics and all of them are existing in Krishna. Let, maybe let's go and see that. I think you remember, maybe. Uh, let's search. So, Krishna's personality, 23rd chapter of Nectar of Devotion. See, Krishna's personality is analysed as Dhirodhatta, dhira, dhira Prashanta, and Dhirodhata. So, Dhirodhatta is a person, see here it is said, if one asks how a personality can be beheld in four quite opposing ways, the answer is that the Lord is a reservoir of all transcendental qualities, and activities therefore he his different aspects can be analyzed according to the exhibition of his limitless variety of pastimes and as such there is no contradiction Dhirodhata, Dhirodhata person is um, a is a person who is naturally very grave gentle forgiving merciful determined humble highly qualified chivalrous and physically attractive in this condition sorry in this connection the following statement given by Indra the king of heaven is very significant okay these are all examples but I'll go to the next. See? That is Dhirodhata. Then dhira Lalita. See, remember, Dhirodhata is very grave, gentle, forgiving, merciful, determined, humble, highly qualified, chivalrous and physically attractive. And Dhiralalita, person is called dhira Lalita if he is naturally very funny, always in full youthfulness, expert in joking and free from all anxieties. Like happy go lucky, you know? Such a dhira personality is generally found to be domesticated and very submissive to his lover. So, um, this is another personality trait. Now, usually, a, pers- a, a man who is very submissive to his lover is not a good quality because then he becomes a uh, toy in the you know, hands of the woman. He should be... Um, grave and he should be well-trained as a brahmachari and, you know, he should, uh, what is that, lead the woman, you know, not that he should be led by the woman in spiritual life. So, like that, that is ideally, I mean, that is the ideal thing to do. But sometimes when the person is Dhirulalita then sometimes he becomes under the control of the woman. Uh, So, that is not considered a very good quality in this material world, but Krishna has it. And it is not bad in him. You see? Of course, expert in joking and, you know, all these things, you know, very funny. These are very different from being very grave and silent and all like that. Then next, Dhiraprasanta. A person who is very peaceful, forbearing, considerate and obliging is called Dhiraprasanta. And finally, Dhirodhata. A person who is very envious, proud easily angered, restless and complacent is called dhirodhata by learned scholars. Usually these are all bad qualities. Such qualities were visible in the character of Lord Krishna because when he was writing a letter to Kalayavana, Krishna addressed him as a sinful frog. In his letter, Krishna advised Kalayavana that he should immediately go and find some dark well for his residence because there was a black snake named Krishna who was very eager to devour all such sinful frogs. So, Krishna reminded Kalevana that he could turn all the universes to ashes simply by looking at them. Now, although these are like proud statements, they are just actually truth. Proud means, you know, when I... It's vanity, you know, too much overestimation of one's um, strength. But when Krishna says, I can burn all the you know universes universes to ashes by looking at them, that's not actually proud. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> so, although it... How much... See, proud is something more than what he can do. Where is such a thing that um, it is more than what God can do? No, never. God can do everything. So, how much ever he may, you know, like, in, like for example, he says in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7, text 7, Mattaha Parataram Nanyat. There is no truth superior to me. There is nobody higher than me. I am the highest. So, this looks like a proud statement, right? And in the 18th chapter, he says, Sarva dharmaan jamamikam saranam raja. Surrender unto me. That's a seemingly proud statement, right? So, what happens? How, how come? No, this is actually fact. There is actually nobody equal to or above him. <laughs> so, when Krishna says these things, they, he actually means it and they are actually facts. But when we say it, that's pride because whatever we are able to do, the instruments, even if we use our intelligence, that intelligence is given by God. We did not choose our intelligence before birth. You know what, I am coming into this world and I want this kind, this much of intelligence and that much of artistic power. This, no, we did not choose anything. We were given by Krishna. All that we have now is rented property. It is on rent we have taken. So we are not the owner. And if we say, I, I did this, I did, you know, what is that? With what you did? With your body, with your intelligence, oh, borrowed intelligence. Oh, okay, borrowed body. All right, fine. Okay, it's not yours, right? Uh, just like if a person acts like a big time, you know, hero, you know, wears all the suit, boot, and everything, and a car, you know, expensive car, but all of it is rented. Suppose rented suit, rented car, and everything rented. Just making a show that you know he's a big time fellow. <laughs> I mean, who would take him seriously? That's pride, you know, stupidity. So. Um, if he owns it if he actually worked hard and he earned it and he wears it uh, then when he oh then yeah okay fine you know you you earned it so of course in this world nobody can actually earn it because on his own i mean he can earn it but not on his own krishna's power must be there krishna's empowerment must be there only then he can do anything i mean if a little is you know, disconnected in the head will be paralysed or will be mentally retarded, you know? Who created those perfect structures in the brain, in the heart, in the stomach, in everything so perfectly moving in this body? We are taking it for granted. But if you actually cut open and see the body, how much complex system is it is inside? And the Lord arranged for that whole mechanical arrangement so that we can fulfill our desires. And then when we fulfill our desires, we take the credit. Right? What is this? So that is pride. But when Krishna says that is actually not pride, is fact. But still Krishna is humble. But when he wants, he will. He is like this also. Like you know, <laughs> what is that? Envious, proud, easily angered, restless, complacent. So the demons they feel Krishna is too proud. When Krishna says, "Sarvadharman you surrender unto me." Leaving aside everything else, Maam Ekam, exclusive surrender to me. Wow, this is too much. How can you say like that? You know, they they cannot take it. That's why they always give them philosophy which is not surrender to Krishna, something else. They will they will you know trying to meander around the words and try to misinterpret them. And but actually, anybody who knows any Sanskrit, even the basic Sanskrit, he will understand that it's very straightforward. Hmm. So this is all enviousness, because of which they cannot accept and they find him very envious or proud. But actually, they are envious and proud. So, in this way, Krishna has all these qualities. But um, even the so-called bad qualities, if we have, they become bad. If he has, Krishna has. It is not bad. It is just fact. <laughs> he is just exercising his full power. Yeah. He, if he wants, he can. See. Um, so, he is never um, punished for that. We are punished because it's it's, it's not factual. When we say something, it is not factual. Oh, I did this and I am a great this. No. Everything is given by Krishna. So, actually it is on rented premises. Next question by Bhakta Venkatesh again, let's see, it's a very short question. So the question is Srimad Bhagavatam 2.3.22 Anuvraja means exactly what? Great devotees or following footsteps of great devotees. Let's see the verse 2.3.22, right? Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 2, Chapter 3, Text 22. Let's search for Anuvraja. Where is Anuvraja? Oh, Anuvrajataha goes after Hare yow, Lord. Padao Niranam tau Drumajan Mabhajo Kshetran in Anuvrajato Hare Yav. ब्रह्म यते नयने लिंगाने विष्णर ननिरीक्ष ननिरीक्षतो ये पादां रनाम ताव द्रुमजन्म भाजोक्षेत्राणि न अनुव्रजतो अनुव्रजतः goes after हरे न अनुव्रजतः never goes after हरि so the legs which do not move to the holy places hmm. See, that is the meaning. Vraja means to actually go. See? So Anu means goes after. You know. The legs which do not move to holy places. That's what that's what it means. Anu you know. If you go after Hare Hari, we have to go after the authorities who went after Hari. So the people, the, the great souls who attain perfection, so you have to follow their footsteps. Then, that is called Anuvraja, to follow in their footsteps and, you know, go after Harip. So, in this in this context especially, it is going up. It is telling that the legs which do not move to the holy places are like tr- are like tree trunks. Dhruma Padao nirnam tau Dhruma janma bhajao. So, Dhruma so, 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 means tree. That's what it's, it's not actually great devotees are following footsteps of great devotees it's just that if you don't go to the holy places then they are like trees why? why is like tree trunks? let's actually understand this verse the legs which do not move to the holy places are considered to be like tree trunks now a tree trunk we know does not move stationary but so, why are the the legs, which do not go to holy places, are considered like tree trunks? But they are moving, the legs are moving, why is they like tree trunks? Um, how much ever they are moving, they are in the material world only. They are fixed in the material world. Now, a, a person in the prison, he may move about in you know in the different parts of prison, but he is still in the prison only. So, where is his real movement? Real movement means, well, come out of there and you know, Make some change happen in your life and, you know, do something better. So, real movement means when one can go from here to the spiritual world. Like, it's a good example that Prabhupada gave, like the airport. Airport, for example, now, of course, all airports are like, you know, <laughs> or on lockdown or something. But, usually, if everything was alright, so, from the airport, you can go to another place. Say, now I'm, I'm in Singapore. Suppose I have to go to Delhi. Now, from Singapore to Delhi is such and such number of kilometers. Now, if I'm in Singapore, I am, say, let's take for, I don't know how much exactly, maybe 4,500 kilometers, I don't know. Just take it as 5,000 kilometers, okay? Just for roundabout number. So, um, 5,000 kilometers from Singapore to Delhi. Now, wherever I am in Singapore, I may move around in Singapore this way, that way, this way, I'm still 5000 kilometers away from Delhi. When I come to the airport, I'm still 5000 kilometers away from Delhi. But, the airport is a better place to be than the rest of the Singapore. Because from the airport, I can actually take the plane and actually go further to reach the destination Delhi. You see? So, in this material world, the mode of goodness, passion, and ignorance, all these three modes, whichever mode one is, one is in, one is still in the material world. Even the person in the mode of goodness, although he is in the heavenly planets, he is still in the material world only. It is still in the prison house of material existence. So, actually, he has not really moved. The distance is the same to the spiritual world still. Hardly anything has changed. Therefore, it is like tree trunks. So, but from the mode of goodness, Goodness is like the airport. Although it is still in the material world, there is a favourable place from which we can go to the Shuddha Sattva, the, the kingdom of God. So first one must rise himself from modes of passion and ignorance to the mode of goodness. And from mode of goodness he has to rise to the Shuddha Sattva platform. And all this is done by serving the spiritual master. So unless one actually serves the spiritual master, one cannot really be better than the tree you see rajastamascha satvena sattvam cha etat sarvam translation one must conquer the modes of passion and ignorance by developing the mode of goodness and then one must become detached from the mode of goodness by promoting oneself to the platform of Shuddha Sattva. All this can be automatically done if one engages in the service of the spiritual master with faith and devotion. In this way, one can conquer the influence of the modes of nature. See, One must rise from passion and ignorance to goodness. So that means, if we, if I want to go to Delhi, from wherever I am in Singapore, I have to go to the airport. And from the airport, I have to take the plane and actually go to the Delhi. So that's why uh, Sattvagun is uh, recommended because that is a favorable platform or airport from which we can go to the spiritual world. So at least one must, but even if one comes to the airport, if he misses the plane, then he cannot go to Delhi. So similarly, even if one comes to the mode of goodness, if he doesn't promote himself to the Shuddha Sattva platform, which is pure goodness, Vasudeva, Vasudeva Sthiti krishna consciousness one is still in the material world so even mode of goodness is only good because there is a chance from there to elevate but if you don't elevate there is a there is explained in the Srimad bhagavatam again 11 5 3 ya esham purusham sakshat atma prabhavameesharam na bhajanty Vajananti sthanat bhrashtaah patantyadha if any of the members of the four varnas and four ashramas fail to worship or intentionally disrespect the personality of godhead who is the source of their own creation they will fall down from their position into a hellish state of life so we should not miss the plane we should if we have gotten a good chance that we are born in a mode of goodness then we should not be satisfied we're still in the prison house we have to get out of here and go um so there's no need to be proud of the if if you are better you know than others no if you are mode of goodness oh yes you see see, see oh, you all are mode of passion ignorance you're going to hell uh, as if i am somewhere you know in, in uh, vaikuntha no i am also in hell same material world it is just a class prison, b class prison, c class prison, whether i am shackled by golden chains or silver chains or bronze chains or iron chains yeah, i'm still, i'm still shackled just because I am shackled by gold chains, oh, see, I am mm, better than you. You got only iron chains. What is that? Both are fools because both are shackled. So, and the one, one who is shackled by gold chains is even more foolish. He is proud of being shackled by gold chains. <laughs> so, uh, so, this is uh, foolishness. Otherwise, so that's why we are compared to tree trunks if we don't go to the holy place because holy places are actually embassies of the spiritual world. You are actually moving from the material world to the spiritual world when you go to the temple, when you go to the holy places. Because they are embassies of the spiritual world. So that's why then there is actual movement there. You are going from material world to spiritual world. So that is movement. So otherwise, however much we may move in this world, it is still in the material world only. E brahmandabhramite, konu then guru krishna Prasad, Bhakti Lata, If he is fortunate, ah yes, then he will go to the actual spiritual place, which is the temple, and there learn how to go back to the spiritual world, that is called Anuvrajataha. Next question, by Bhakta Virendra. I hope Bhakta Virendra Prabhu hasn't asked more than three questions. (laughs) Just joking, but we will answer the first three questions and after that go to the next person. all right so here question how does a devotee know that he will be going back home back to godhead after this very life well um, <laughs> a pra- person like prabhupada he can say you know and he not, can not only say that he is going back to godhead he can say that you you follow my instructions chanting sixteen rounds, following four principles, I will take you back home back to Godhead. So that much he can say. So unless one is a pure devotee, he cannot claim this. And in fact, it really depends only on Krishna's mercy, Krishna's will. So we can never, devotee never says that I am going back to Godhead. Even if he actually is. Um, He he, is praying to Krishna, please save me from this material world. You know? at at least even if I am born at least let me be born in the house of a devotee even as an insect if that is what my karma holds for me then let me be an insect in the house of a devotee at least at least I'll be able to hear the Harinam I'll be able to have some remnants of Prasadam thrown around here and there, I can eat that you know, some benefit is there please don't let me away from your lotus feet so um, a devotee never makes this kind of claims. In fact, on the other hand, this is how a devotee behaves. Three twenty nine thirteen. A pure devotee does not accept any kind of liberation, even though they are offered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Even though the Lord wants to take him back to Godhead, he will say no. But of course the Lord will take him back. He will say, I am not asking anything. Even that I am not asking. I just want your devotional service. Wherever you want to keep me. Whether in the material or spiritual worlds. So that's how a devotee thinks. He he does not aspire to go out. He does not demand Krishna. Huh? Uh, that, oh, you must take me, you know. What is that? <laughs> that's not surrender, right? Surrender means whatever, you know, you want to do with me, you can do. You are still my lord of my life. Aslishya padratam pinashtumam adarshanan marmahatam karotuva. So this is the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So whether you embrace me or protect me or kill me or neglect me and you won't come before me for millions of lifetimes, it doesn't matter. Whatever you do, you are the Lord. Who am I to dictate terms to you? Still you are my Lord. I will never leave you. So that is surrender. Next question. Um, Bhaktavirendra again. Second question of Bhaktavirendra. <laughs> yeah. So... The question is, uh, one of my friend is Krishna conscious. However, he considers Krishna to be in everything and everything to be Krishna. Hmm. therefore he worships not only deity form of krishna but also he considers presence in krishna in nature stones trees and all animals does he worship the super soul feature of krishna present in everything i want to see him because <laughs> you know this is not a cheap thing you know seeing krishna in everything and everything in krishna this is not cheap cheap thing if he sees everything to be Krishna, um, that is wrong. He sees everything in Krishna, yes. So, anyway, this is not a very cheap thing to be seen. Prabhupada saw like this. Okay? Prabhupada saw Krishna everywhere. And if a person is really on the platform, it shows, his, his, his character will show. So, is he chanting Hare Krishna first of all? That is the first thing I would want to see. Is he taking Krishna Prasadam only and nothing else? Hmm? and what is his service and how long has he been in the whole movement and everything. So, it's not so cheap thing. Let us not make it very cheap. It is called Sahajiya. If he is saying that he is seeing Krishna everywhere and everything in Krishna, that means he is not seeing. Because if he is really seeing, then he will say he is not seeing. And of course, those who are not seeing, they will will say, I am not seeing. If they are honest. (laughs) But, you see the 6th Goswami is how they prayed. He Radhe Braja, Devi, Ke, Chalalite He no, Where are you Nandasuna uh, Nand, uh, what is, that? Uh, Nand, uh, what is that? Where are you? And Radharani where are you? In the Govardhan or Radha Kund or Shamkund or where? Where are you? So they're always in the mood of separation, Vipralambhaseva. And that is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us. Not to show everybody that hey, you know what? I am seeing Krishna in you and you in Krishna. No. That means, when he speaks like that, he not saying anything. Just simply bluffing. So, it is not a cheap thing. <clears throat> I mean, if he is really saying, right? <laughs> then, you are associating with him, right? He's, you said he is your, your friend. And You should be also very clear about everything. When you associate with a pure devotee, everything should become very clear. no? You should take a guru, everything, all these things should be very clear. The philosophy should be very clear. But uh, you have many doubts about this, so I have my doubts (laughs) on this person. I want to see him first. We should not be quick to accept. It is possible. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's not a cheap thing. Hmm? Once you live with that person for about six six months at least, then you will know the person. Devotees they're very uh, they can easily pick up where the level of advancement is of another devotee i mean expert i mean uh, an advanced devotee a seasoned devotee he can tell you know mm. next question by bhaktin puja let's take the question why again this question came No. Hmm. Okay, here's the question. What is that? I want to ask what is happening with us, the result of our karma in this life. We are also performing karma. When we, when do we get the result of this Karma at this life or in the next life which deeds result in this birth which is next? <laughs> I think I kind of understand your question. So whatever we are now experiencing is the result of our past life, Karma, right? So and now what we are doing. We will sometimes experience them in this life, sometimes in the next life. You know, it depends. When it, there is no fixed time, like, you do any activity, it will take 120 years to fructify. No such thing. It can sometimes be faster, sometimes slower. What is the, What are the rules for that? It's very, very intricate, you know. The Lord only knows, actually. Nobody can really explain how karma is working and how Krishna is arranging everything. So, how long does it take for... Um, person you know to for the for the sin to fructify from the seed to the all the way to the what is that fruit stage we can't say we can't give a definite timeline okay but so sometimes they they experience in this life itself like for example i will tell you um, when we commit an offense for example immediately we will feel something is wrong you know something doesn't feel right So, especially if one is introspective devotee, you can see that and that means the reaction is there already, you see. So, sometimes it happens then and there and very instant, sometimes it takes some time but it eventually will catch up. Karma will catch up with us and we can't run away unless we actually surrender to Krishna and completely not repeat these sinful activities again and sincerely repent, sincerely repent for all the sins that we have done never considering ourselves as a very pure soul but rather as the most fallen soul, very fallen and just trying to advance and take the association of Vaishnavas, take the mercy of Vaishnavas, the spiritual master and work cooperatively with devotees and then slowly slowly all these anarthas will come out and then yes we can become pure. Next question by Bhaktin Puja again. Oh, you have five five questions, so I will answer three first. All right, then we will. It's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh actually. So here, she's asking. In your final exam, if someone is sitting around you and begging for answer and saying, please tell me, otherwise I will fail. So if I tell her answers, is it sin? <laughs> you know, first of all, Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, Jatam Mayar Vaibhav. The whole material education is a farce. It's it's a, it's an impediment to the service of Krishna. And it's in fact a great illusion, Mayar Vaibhav. It's a, it's a feature of the Lord's illusory energy. So once it is all illusion, what is right and what is wrong in that? Everything is wrong only. See, when a person, I always say the story of the Prabhupada said, these four people who wanted to rob a village and they met at sundown, at sunset, they met and they said, they met in this forest that was nearby this village and they met and, and the leader said, all right, now once it is dark, that's it. Each one of you, each one of us, we will go in four different directions and loot as much as possible. And before sunrise, we have to meet at this exact same spot. And be punctual, okay? At this this time, we to be here. So, he's talking about punctuality, good quality, right? Good quality. Now, they went and robbed, looted as much as they could and then Everybody came back. Okay, it's so a good, very nice. You have all come back. Now take out whatever you have stolen and let us share it equally among ourselves. Let's be equal, let's be fair, let's be honest, and be punctual. All these are good qualities. All good qualities. But the base is a stolen property. All the property that was there was stolen. And on stolen property, they were deciding whether we should um, do right or wrong. Don't do any wrong. Do right. You know, it's giving directions. So, that's what I want to say. That, you're saying, if I tell the person, you know, whether it's a sin or not. First of all, the whole platform, the entire platform is on an illusory platform. What is right and what is wrong in the illusory platform? You know, I'll show you one verse. 11... I mean the whole thing is just atheistic. I mean people are just, whether he pass or fail the exam, he's going to fail the exam of life. You know, whether you get distinction, whether you get first rank or whether you get last rank in the exam, you are going to fail the exam of life. He will only pass if you become Krishna conscious. So, it is not going to make any difference in the real business of human life. In fact they are wasting, both the person who studied for exam is wasting his time and the person who did not study for exam, he is also wasting his time. Both are wasting time instead of spending time becoming devotee they're spending time all this wasting time of course there are rules in society in some countries where you have to at least minimum do a minimum education after that one must be serious about becoming a devotee because human life we do not know how long we have even yesterday the one somebody shared with me a video this person you know he he was the father of a boy who died he was only a twelve year old boy. He died of COVID, but not in the way we think. He died because of loneliness, because of social distancing and all these things. And then it just caught on him and he hung himself. Twelve year old boy. So, you know, where is the where is the guarantee when we will die? Maybe by suicide or by accident or whatever it is. We don't know how long we have. So, how much ever we have left in life, we have to make best use of that. Um, So, but by simply chasing after these, you know, degrees, I mean, if he is failing, if the person is failing, I mean, he has no interest. Why is he even studying that? I mean, the whole point is, and the the person who is studying, what is he going to achieve? Is his human life going to become successful because of that? It has nothing to do with the mission of life. Okay, let's see this. Kanto 11, Chapter 28, Text 4. Kim Bhadram Kim Abhadram Va kiyat Vachoditam... Oh, I'm not even on the screen. <laughs> okay, let me put it on the screen. Kim Bhadram Kim Abhadram Va kiyat Vachoditam Tat Anritam Manasa vacham. That which is expressed by material words or meditated upon by the material mind is not ultimate truth. What therefore is actually good or bad within this insubstantial world of duality and how can the extent of such good and bad be measured? Everything is an illusion. Good illusion or bad illusion? is illusion, right? (laughs) So illusion is bad. That is the thing we have to understand. It's not about good illusion or bad illusion. Illusion is bad. So, both are bad. So, therefore, the only thing, the real thing, the real exam is at the time of death. Death is the exam of life. We have to pass that. At that time, we cannot copy. At that time, we cannot ask others. There can be some, you know, benefit if there are people around who can chant Hare Krishna. You know, there's some benefit there. Definitely, but you know, at that time, you know, our mind is, unless we are absolutely prepared throughout life, abhyasa yoga yukti anachetasana undeviated practice in life, that exam of death we will fail, and that is what we should be really concerned with. Exam of death. And what is the pass and fail that is explained in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 8, text 5. This is how you pass the exam. And whoever at the end of life quits his body remembering me alone, that means Krishna alone, at once attains my nature, of this there is no doubt. He is going back to Krishna, if he remembers Krishna at the end of his life. Otherwise, Yam Yam Bhavam Tyajatyante Bhava Whatever state of being one remembers when he quits his body, or oh son of Kunti, that state he will attain without fail. So of course in the Varaha Puran it is said, So sometimes you know when the it happened to me, um, in my school, school days, I was very good at all the subjects except my mother tongue. I was worst at my mother tongue. I just borderline pass. So sometimes, I actually failed. So in India at the time, the pass percentage is 40% in that subject. So I used to get sometimes 38, 39. But then, you know, the, the teacher, the examiner, she will you know what With that close to you know passing let me just actually pass you and you know my score becomes 41 or 42 just borderline pass okay you, you go <laughs> so when one actually becomes a devotee even if one fails to remember at the time of death the Lord who is the examiner he will come all right you did that much okay I will pass you so if we Whole life, if we have been Krishna conscious, I mean, tried our best and then at the end of the life, if you are not Krishna conscious, this is done for a very special devotee who has actually done a lot of service. Then the Lord comes and He, he remembers. Even if the devotee does not remember the Lord, the Lord remembers the devotee and then it takes Him back. That's special cases, but otherwise, like Bharat Maharaj, He forgot the Lord. But the Lord, the Lord did not forget him. But he did not take him until he purified him. So, he will take, yes. I will remember him and I will take him. But how he will take is again subjective. You see? That is subjective. Whether he will take immediately or like Bharat Maharaj, he did take him back. Yeah. Two more lives. So, when he says he takes him back, there is more nuance to it. And... when he says he takes him back, that means he will purify him and take him back because nobody is admitted in the spiritual world without being pure. So, he will make sure that he is purified and whatever the contamination was that caused him to, like, kind of forget or fall away, he will remove the contamination in the heart of that devotee and then take him back. He will make sure, he will arrange the circumstances in such a way that like, for example, Bharat Maharaj. He became a deer. The Lord could have just made him a deer and then, okay, You thought of the deer, you know, go to hell. No, but he made him a deer, but he made him remember. You see, this is how the Lord did not forget Bharat Maharaj. He made him remember and made him repent for that mistake he did. So badly that the entire life of a deer, he had to spend in repentance. And then he went to the next. Even then he was full of repentance. This time he was fully qualified, but still he was repentant. And he was so determined that he acted for that long as a dumb fool, although he was the most intelligent man of the world. Um, Because he thought if he really showed his real greatness, then the family will be, wow, they will be so proud of a son, so qualified, and they will arrange for a family, for a wife, and then family, and then again he will get into all this Maya. So he did not want, let them think that I'm a rascal, I'm a useless fellow, I'm a retarded fool, and just leave me alone and the entire life he spent like that how determined he was but that happened because the Lord remembered him and made made him remember his two past lives so this is how we have to understand it next question Next question by Bhaktan Puja again. Third question. So this time is the last for now. If we do get time, we will come back to your question again, your next questions. Okay. What is the... So the question is... If someone want to be a pure devotee, should he or she pray to demigods? Short answer, no. Krishna is the Supreme Lord, but why he allow Arjuna to pray to Lord Shiva and other demigods to get weapons like Pashupatastra and Brahmastra or, Bha- or Mahabhar- Mahabharata fight? So when Krishna asks to do something, they have to just do it. Just like he asked Yudhishthir Maharaj to do Rajasuya Agnya, Yudhishthir Maharaj did. Although these are otherwise Karmakanda activities, when Krishna asked them to do personally, they did they did that, and by that they did not do a karma khan activity, they did a devotional service because they executed Krishna's order directly. Hmm. So when you know he Arjun went to. Okay, first let's let's answer the first part of the question. If someone wants to be a pure devotee, should he or he pray to demigods? So I can just answer that one first, right? Shreemad bhagavatam canto 4 chapter 29 text 45 shabda brahmani Dushpare, charanta uruvistare mantra lingairvya vacchinnam bhajantoni bhajanto na viduh param Translation, despite the cultivation of Vedic knowledge, which is unlimited, and the worship of different demigods by the sim, by the symptoms of Vedic mantras, demigod worship does not help one to understand the supreme, powerful personality of Godhead. <coughs> hmm. See that? Demigod worship does not help one to understand the supreme personality of Godhead. So therefore... Devotees should never worship the demigods. So, that is that answers the first part of the question. So, we cannot worship the demigods. So, why did Krishna ask Arjuna? You know, Krishna asked Arjuna, that's it. Why? That's his will. So, but the thing is, although Arjuna was a pure devotee and Yujushir Maharaj was pure devotee, they did this. Apparently, Karmakanda activities because Krishna asked them to and sometimes Krishna asked them to do seemingly wrong things like he asked Yudhishthira Maharaj to lie But Yudhishthira Maharaj hesitated and therefore he had to see hell for one hour before he went back to Godhead So again to show us that we should n- should not be attached to moral principles If Krishna's instruction is something against but this is a special case. Otherwise, we should always be honest. But if Krishna personally asked to lie, then one should not hesitate to lie. Yudhishthir Maharaj was more concerned about his reputation as being a very honest person. And he did not not want to spoil that. And that's why he did not want to lie. So his reputation was more important for him than serving Krishna instruction. So of course, Yudhishthir Maharaj being a pure devotee, he wouldn't make such a mistake. But it is the whole, you know, Krishna made him make that mistake so that to teach us. So it's an important lesson for us to learn. Uh, it's a very important lesson. And when Krishna asked uh, Bhima to kill Duryodhan below the belt, you know, he hit, hit him below the belt, he did it. And Arjuna also was asked to kill Karna when he was unarmed, he did it. So in this way, apparently... Um, sinful activities. When they were asked by Krishna, they did it. So, whether they were so-called materially pious activities like worshipping the demigods, materially pious or sinful activities, the Pandavas did everything. Whatever the Lord wanted them to do, they did. That's it. They just wanted to be (coughs) nimitta matram bhavasavya sachin. So, that is the important point to, to show that the devotees are yes men to Krishna. On the other hand, uh, Nanda Maharaj was asked not to worship the demigods, Indra, for his, um, you know, agriculture. And he also followed. In the beginning, he hesitated. But then, Krishna taught him and then, you no, know, and then Indra came to, you know, take revenge. <coughs> but he was defeated. So, in this way, whatever, the devotee is asked of he will do this like krishna's headache you know the story so krishna krishna had a headache and he wanted dust from the feet of the devotee and if he puts that on his head forehead yes his headache will be cured so that's a sin how how can we put our foot dust on krishna's forehead that is a sin of course it's a grave sin so no devotee wanted to give but the gopis Immediately. Immediately. Take, take as much as you want. Uh, Why? Because for them, they were just yes people to Krishna. That's it. Whatever Krishna wants, doesn't matter what happens to us. So that is the mood of the devotee. Next, so we will go to next person's question and if we have time, we will come back to the next questions.